Welcome to episode 53 of the Outback Mind podcast. Uh, yes, apologies for the delay uh, and the uh, the gap. We haven't had uh, a podcast for a month or two um, over Christmas, uh, now 2024. Um, so had a bit of a rest, uh, but um, back into it now and got a, a, a range of hu- a wonderful guests coming up, um, you know, moving forward into the first quarter of 2024 and beyond. Um, so, you know, uh, very grateful uh, for you listening in and following what we do and supporting the Outback Mind Foundation and um, <clears throat> I suppose Men's Mental Health in Regional Australia. But uh, moving forward into this year and beyond, we're going to be doing some diverse things throughout the country, um, you know, setting up more circles and having more education around emotional literacy and, uh, and DV prevention and so forth too. So, um, so yeah, really, uh, really grateful for your interest and, and, and you know, supporting what we do. Uh, today, I have a, a really special guest on with me, a fellow by the name of Leon Christensen. Leon has got an incredible story um, from his own personal, personal lived experience with uh, suicide with his father taking his life, uh, a multitude of um, challenges he's, he's faced with himself personally um, through uh, you know, physical injury and um, mental health challenges too, but he's certainly come out the other side of that bigger and better. Now he's you know, very committed to his well-being. He uh, has a, a coaching business called Mind Renovate where he helps uh, men primarily uh, to be able to have major shifts in their life um, and also... Um, he just finished 12 months no alcohol, which uh, I did with him, and I'm still on that journey. Uh, so Leon turned 40 uh, late last year and had a beer, and um, you know, uh, certainly uh, well deserved because uh, he saw a, a lot of self-discipline within himself over that period, which also included a marriage breakup. Um, you know, a, a seven or eight year marriage uh, that come to an end, and he could have quite easily, um, you know gone back to uh, the drinking and, uh, you know, all that type of stuff, but he stayed strong and firm throughout the period. So, um, uh, you know, full credit to him, and it just sort of goes to show what's possible uh, within us if we actually have the support of people around us to bounce things off and the collaboration and um, camaraderie that we're sort of building with this um, this charity and also, um, you know, the... The, the, the mateship that uh, that gets formed from doing something together, you know, a challenge, uh, I think is really important as well. So I'm sure you're going to get lots from this chat. Um, Leon and I are going to do this live today in Bundaberg or Burnett Heads where he lives. Um, so it should, uh, should have a little bit of background noise, but I apologise for that. Um, we're just outside here and um, I think, um, yeah, it should be all good. If you want to check out what we're doing, maybe get us into your workplace, um, uh, you know, to have a chat to help your staff or, you know, do something in the community. Uh, we're doing uh, emotional literacy training. We're also doing screenings of uh, healing's men mind, healing men's minds, which we uh, filmed um, last year around men's mental health. That's a really powerful uh, production to sort of show where guys are, you know, struggling and what we can do to, you know, improve our well-being physically and mentally, I guess, which is um, what we need. We need that education, not wait till something goes wrong. So uh, check out our website, uh, outbackmind.org.au. And also we've got a new documentary, which we're releasing soon, um, which is going to be called um, uh, Boiling Point. So um, yeah, it's really around DV uh, education and prevention to be able to help guys learn how to manage um, themselves if they're triggered or faced with a situation. And again, it's education um, uh, that we need. We don't need punishment or um, that if we do something wrong, if we've got that prehabilitation, that that uh, that awareness before, then we can certainly uh, manage um, potential challenges better. So that's what we're all about. Alrighty, sit back, enjoy the chat with Leon and I. Uh, really appreciate your feedback. If you want to email, we support it at backmind.org.au. Leon. G'day, mate. How are you? Really good. I'm sitting here at Leon's place and Burnett Heads, as I mentioned before. Uh, and uh, if anyone has not been to this place, I recommend getting out here because uh, it's amazing. I had a really nice run along the beach this morning. I got back and had an ice bath. And, uh, you know, you listen to Leon and, I, Leon and I's background 20 years ago, we would not even considered doing any of that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Actually, um, yeah, it's a good place to start. I think sometimes I still even hold back on some things a little bit because it is definitely not the normal, which is quite a shame because it holds <coughs> especially men back from having to go at things that are new or unfamiliar. Um, and when you start to go into that different lifestyle, you do disconnect or change your circle a lot, and that's challenging for people to do. Yeah, very challenging. Um, and I've definitely been looked at as, you know, a bit weird or a bit out there or felt a little bit disconnected from many people that I used to associate with for those reasons, as we do. And um, and that's okay, but it is quite 
challenging for anyone to step into because you sort of become a different version of, of yourself and then mm. on a different path and you lose um, contact with a lot of people. And, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's getting better, but it's going to be good when this stuff, all the things that we'll talk about are more normalised because it mm. hasn't been, you know. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, and definitely. that's problematic within itself. Well, we both come from like little country towns uh, where you follow what, what is mainstream there. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe early on we both picked up that, that it wasn't quite right. Mm. Probably got a lot of good life skills from the practical mm. side of things and all that. Yeah. But as far as like being connected to yourself and connected to life, that was probably the opposite. We were sort of disconnected really early. Very much like intuition was not a thing I was taught or understood at all. And I think about the things that have happened in my life in a negative, which all have a purpose. But I think that uh, if I was groomed into understanding your own counsel or guidance or understanding internal um, wisdom, I don't think a lot of those things would have taken place, if that makes sense. Mm. Because as a young kid or boy or even becoming into an adult, we just don't get taught stuff all, actually around anything around uh probably probably by default we get taught about a job because you've got to get a job you've got to go to work and work hard forever and that's rinse and repeat but realistically like even the rest of it some some parents are different but you don't get taught about taxes and business and um self and health and wealth and sexual energy and partnerships and relationships like there's a pretty big package there that we don't get taught i was fortunate to get um, sort of taught and witnessed a father who was powerful in business and around numbers and around creation in a masculine drive way. I was, I was taught that. Um, probably witnessed a reasonably healthy relationship as such, but still ended up in um, some default settings of my own by not understanding myself and my worth and mm. trusting my intuition on that, like many things. So. Mm. One yeah. thing that come to me that always comes to me is how the whole system is about educating you to support the economy. Yeah. And you don't you don't have any real self connection practices which actually get you to know who you you really are and, and, and you know, guidance on that. Imagine if um, you know, we're able to be like uh, assessed primarily, I don't like to use that word, yeah. but to actually find what it is in a kid that, that that they really love to do and, and focus their life that way, yep. then all of a sudden you're going to thrive and you're going to have no very minimal, minimal mental health challenges. Yeah. You're probably going to be more aligned with your truth. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's... I mean, we could go on about that for ages, but the system is just so one-size-fits-all and it doesn't fit anyone. Nobody's the same. So, mm. yeah, finding those things that we love and enjoy and all that... I'm, st- I'm still finding pieces of that and um, yeah but we become a plumber or a mechanic or a farmer because that's what dad was and it's what's expected and I, as I say still have those things where a bit of worth sort of things comes up because you should be this and that's what everyone else is doing and then mm. you should be doing not being mm, so that's right yeah. I know um, you were probably similar to me you were pretty wild as a young bloke because um, we were probably disconnected from, from yeah. what we loved doing what was it like for you like the, those teenage years well, I probably, being the youngest of three boys, had always this need to prove myself. And then I was probably older in the mind, quite young, because of um, being in the bush and you mature early and expected to know everything. Um, so then I had this belief that I needed to be a man and party like a man as well, because you're, you know, we're a partying sort of family. Like we went to horse events and social events. We had a reasonable social calendar in a bush community um and my parents didn't mind letting their hair down and then they worked really hard as well so that was kind of the default setting right because you go and socialize and you get pissed and you it's good fun like so i learned that pretty early even rebelling against supposedly having to do that or being allowed to do that early but, you know, I was like, well, you expect me to work like a man. Well, that's what I'm going to show you, how to party like a man and that I am in control of myself, which I wasn't. That was in Roma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. all around Roma. And then, you know, I went away for work and come and come and gone over the years from that area until well into my 20s, 
um, until I moved away permanently. But yeah, like you just get taught that that's the done thing. And unfortunately your entire network, your entire social circle, and still to this day, it's a problem where you get looked at as strange if you don't drink. However, so ironically, if you drink too much, then you've got a problem. Like, it's just ironic, <laughs> isn't it? And it just blows my mind. And I said to someone yesterday at the men's circle that it's nearly easier actually to say, I don't drink at all, and you kind of get left alone. But if you, yeah, I'll have one. And then, oh, you're only having one, you know? And it's like, just leave me alone. Like, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I did it also to prove myself, and I got accolade for it too you know I was I was a funny drunk and I used to be able to pick up the women and all this sort of stuff another problem with what we don't get taught and what we think is right that we should um you know be able to pick up and be able to get your end off and then you're a hero and we don't get taught to respect women understand Mm. them to how to how to connect without the sexual piece leading into the sexual part Mm. and Mm. what sex really is it's not just penetration it's Mm. just it blows my mind actually how how little we know <laughs> oh big time but yeah like we we've as i said we've been distracted from our truth and our purpose mm. but they are the gold golden rules that we probably need to be, be taught early mm. there's so much dysfunction in this country yeah. uh, because it's a colonial country which was colonized obviously but you know a lot of that those beliefs have come down particularly in country towns like Roma and where i'm from they were settled by catholics and lutherans and presbyterians and there's a fear, uh, there's a fear base to that, mm. which gets driven down. Yeah. And then you don't uh, become connected to your real p- truth because you're in fear, shame, and guilt really early. Mm. Uh, and they're still in those little areas, you know. Yeah. And the ones that are perceived as being successful toe that line. Yeah. Um, but I think that the, the healing can be done early, and the direction can be done early mm. if we are open to that. Because yeah. we want to set up people to be successful, not just financially successful. Mm. You know, that's how we can make a difference. Yeah, that's the areas of life and getting the balance right is a challenge for everybody mm. to be able to have each area um, fulfilled or covered in in the areas of life. And yeah, I mean, it's so easy to go after money. We've all probably done that. And then you do all right at that, but then your relationship fails or your health or all these things. But understanding that it's a balance, it's not just one thing, um, that's, a, that's a big thing as well, you know. Like, again, we don't get taught these things. And I started to get into personal development pretty early when I was in my 20s, I suppose, because of being so strongly interested in business. I've always loved business, had some really good sort of wins in business and some big losses. And I think... Um, I was a bit intrigued by these types of different tools, even like, um, you know, personality tests and traits and stuff. Like, how come those things aren't harnessed into our normal everyday systems? Mm. Because that is literally gold. It's kind of like a bit of a roadmap to yourself, some of it. So mm, Big time. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, we've already had the conversation, but it's probably time that we talk about like your dad and what happened to your dad and obviously um you know he he chose to take his life which a lot of people in rural areas you know unfortunately mm. do which i think we can fix and well not so much fix but like change moving forward do you know much about his story and how that evolved yeah i definitely have my perceptions and what i have created as my reality in that situation um and you know, a bit of a belief of around what was going on for him because of witnessing his change in in mindset more than anything because he actually had a previous horse accident that, that gave him brain damage, but, you know, he was still functioning and high-functioning and physically well. Um, people didn't understand that he wasn't well in the mind because you had to spend time with him to understand that he was rural stoic man who didn't show any of those things or any vulnerability or any emotion but he did with me and with us directly and when um you know firstly the horse accident actually took him from a very very optimistic positive strong-minded um problem-solving person and it flipped all that upside down and then he got loaded on at least four different medications from GPs that started to chemically alter his brain. Plus, he'd had this brain injury, and as I am aware, the brain's elastic, so it can change. Um, but there was sort of a bit of a 
as there is with mental health, like a bit of a, a package that created this because it doesn't just come along one night and just kick in the ass, right? It takes a multitude of things. So, um, and he was very positive and never showed signs of any mental health issues right up until that horse injury. Like never. He used to say to us growing up, you know, if you'd hear of someone or knew somebody that took their life, it's never ever worth that. There's always an answer. He mm. always believed that. And he actually mm. genuinely said, you know, he was a pretty pretty solid dad and he said you know you can talk to us or find some help and i believe there was a beautiful beautiful soft side to my dad a very sort of nurturing and feminine side but it was fairly suppressed of course mm. in that day um and he he believed that there there shouldn't be that as an option that it wasn't the answer yet this flipped his perception so much and his belief of worth was so attached to his identity which i talk about a lot is the identity of a male so fixed on what we do and who we are because we're a plumber or a mechanical farmer etc so he's he didn't think he was as capable he lost his friend and wider support circle instantly because of being told not to drink alcohol and he took that very seriously and didn't drink alcohol which is great should be but it's not because then Nobody hung out with him and that wasn't, you know, an intentional thing. It just mm. happened. Mm. He wasn't allowed to fly his plane, so he didn't get a plane licence again, which that was one of his passions, but also rolled into work because he was extremely practical. And he wasn't allowed to compete in horse sports, about the only social thing he did, apart from flying mm. or drinking. Mm. So all those things are stripped away. You don't feel like you're capable of the same physical work, even though he bloody outworked us. Mm. And then you start to start to tell yourself you're useless like i remember being in the paddock and he dropped the pliers and he'd say oh, i'm just a fucking fumble fingers useless mm, fucking bastard should mm. just fucking take me down the paddock and shoot me mm. literally yeah and i and i witnessed all that for f- five years as i was sort of coming and going and working on the property and also away which is something i'm actually grateful for because i got to experience a very different side and more of a vulnerable side of dad you know he wasn't this powerful positive one one way only leader which really got me to understand his softer and more empathetic side and i i found a lot of empathy actually and because i was a bit of a shithead before that as i said i was trying to prove myself and i was trying to be the tough rural stoic man and show everyone how how it's done um so that really flipped my perspective and allowed me to see a different version of my dad and find really a powerful amount of empathy and I would have done anything to help him, but I had no fucking idea how to. Mm. So he said to me one night, can you go to our other farm and do all this work to get it ready to, to sell it down there? And, you know, we need to make changes with finances. And I said, yep, absolutely, let's do it. Tell me what to do. And I, and I drove down there the night um, before the event and we got a call the next morning saying he'd taken his life in the back paddock sort of thing or out near the back paddock. Mm. Um, just like a chore, just get it done. And as I know with other people since then, it's, it's something that becomes an imprinted decision that's probably not reversible. When people are reaching out and asking for help or threatening, I think there's a lot more help of actually doing something about it. But when they make the decision, it seems to be pretty cemented. Mm. So that blew our world to pieces. I was 21, um, working on the farms and then we, you know, spent years trying to actually restructure and find a way forward without a steering wheel for the ship basically there was no steering wheel Um, my mum didn't really have the tools or understanding of the business side of it my brothers and I all always had a fairly different perspective on things so it took a long time and eventually we ended up in our separate worlds which is good a lot of animosity when it was happening and yeah we didn't have that leader of the ship there was no captain but also I went into, I reckon, 10 years of self-destruction, you know, easily, like certainly too much alcohol use. I never did drugs, but certainly alcohol and hooking up with the wrong people and not having any value or worth for them or myself, mm. especially around sex, using that, that as a big gratification tool and money and material goods, wanting to fill, you know, my voids. And, um, yeah, I've had to have a big shake-up over the years with that and then because I ended up married in, in the normal type of sense of 
rinse, repeat, work hard, provide all the material objects and everything will be okay. And two mm. beautiful kids um, working really hard in three businesses and it all just absolutely blew to pieces, like starting with a multitude of crashes because I was in aviation. Um, what do you mean? You mean uh, like, for, for like for aeroplane crashes or yeah, like helic- so, helicopter crashes? Yep, yeah, yeah, yep. So I'm, I'm nicknamed in my best mate's phone as the crash test dummy. <laughs> I seem to have a lot of crashes as a, as a youth as well. Like, I'm not sure what the journey was as part from learnings because I think everything's a learning. But it, ever since I was five years old, I was in a car crash with my grandfather, you know, many full drive crashes with my family, my brother, my mum, uh, friends, my girlfriend. There was nine different car crashes over the years into my 20s. One truck, one school bus. Don't know how that's possible and still to be alive. Really still don't understand that apart from believing in spirit or a greater being of, of being here um, in all the car accidents there wasn't too much physical um, damage or pain but however I didn't understand for many years there was huge trauma and you know the medical system just said you're structurally okay go home take a Panadol get <laughs> over it yeah. and yeah there was a lot to that with my with my father in the earlier years of him thinking I was a hypochondriac and just putting it on to not work hard because you had mm. to work hard, right? Yeah. And um, yet I was in pain from a very young age. So I spent, you know, especially after his death, the next 10 years recreating more and more pain, I think subconsciously to understand it, subconsciously to repeat his patterns. And I just blew my, blew my identity to pieces several times because... Yeah, I became a commercial pilot and um, then was flying and then I was in a really bad accident, the worst ever, when I actually hit a power line and I um, ruptured my bowel, broke a heap of ribs, cracked my sternum, bit my tongue near off and I was unconscious for five or six days. And again, not listening to intuition, just thinking that I was invincible. A few months after that, I'm like, she'll be right, upper, get into it, you know, toughen up, princess, take some cement, harden up, have another beer, whatever, um, even though I'd had lost, lost a heap of bowel and all sorts of stuff, and I was still pushing through that, you know, um, wrong way to look at it, like not listening and not slowing down and not understanding the body and letting it heal. I did believe that I healed well, and I actually do and did. But yeah, within 12 months and about 12 days, 12 months, 12 or 14 days, I was in a helicopter on the way home from a mustering job and um, it's with a guy who was an idiot and I didn't listen again to my intuition and didn't feel great with, with him, but yet still wanted to get this specific thing done and you know that's what we like when we get tunnel vision and we're going to get this done no matter what at any cost and it literally was at a really big cost because that one was uh, my wife at the time was five months pregnant we probably had owed two million dollars in different businesses and real estate and we this this guy basically did a practice or simulated engine failure and he absolutely fucked it up and rolled this helicopter into a mess and I broke three vertebrae on on impact. Um, my legs went up around the top of the cab and I didn't even know if they were mine. I was still conscious apart from like a bit of a blackout and that was probably the hardest thing that I ever faced because I couldn't hide, I couldn't run, I couldn't even move, I couldn't get out of it. I was strapped into the helicopter still waiting for it to potentially catch on fire because they do that (laughs) Mm. luckily it didn't and I got extricated out of it by him several minutes later and stayed on the ground until we were rescued by a rescue helicopter hours and hours later shit so that that event caused me a lot of a lot of trauma and a lot of having to deal with myself and face myself or leave the planet how are we 31 I think so you thought about suicide and that then yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. so yeah I wasn't quite 31 just about 30 and a half Mm -hmm. and absolutely then and probably in the early years after dad left I definitely had thought of suicide and never 
never planned or went down that road because I always had some stronger pull that there must be other ways and I guess I grew up with that you know like wasn't really my belief and I actually still believe what happened with dad was a circumstantial thing through this accident and we actually gained him for longer because he was on the planet for another five years mm. and and it was meant to happen as everything is mm. there's always learnings and it's got me on the path I'm on now but yeah I was absolutely coming out of that crash with titanium rods in my spine up either side it's still get pain thinking about it there was 10 screws the size of a bloody roofing nail screwed into my vertebrae five, across five vertebrae up each side there was five and five and 30 centimeters of titanium rod up either side and i'm sure i could feel that i don't know if it was a placebo thing or what but the next 12 months were hell absolute hell actually i couldn't lift anything my wife had a baby in that time you know i wasn't really able to pick that child up out my eldest girl and um absolutely put my wife through a lot of trauma that she still never dealt with and um probably a large piece of us separating as well mm. and um but the the good thing that came out of that is that it took a long time to rebuild myself and i had to learn some patience and gratitude and things that i'd been given lots of other lessons to learn but i didn't learn them mm. so i guess um there was as i said there literally was no running from this there was no hiding there was no going back to the old model of you know business and operator and that because we i had to dump some real estate and i lost probably uh, two hundred thousand bucks on different things um yeah, I was on my knees financially, on my knees emotionally, and on my knees physically. Mm. And that was probably the closest that I'd had thought of, if I can't fucking find a way to rebuild myself, I can't stay on this planet. Mm. Like, the pain levels, I swear, were 12 out of 10. Mm. Waking up, like, in excruciating pain, actually, like, growling and that in the middle of the night. Because I wouldn't take medications, because I know that they're a Band-Aid, and I'd don't think they serve us for very long there's a small very small term fix from them and i got rid of them fairly fast outside of um hospital and elected with a bit of doctor's advice to remove the titanium 12 months after the accident so that was three surgeries from front and back within three years so you know by then i was just a hunched up mess that looked like i was 70 or 80 years old and I started to find a very good physio off my own bat that cost a fortune. I didn't have insurance, didn't have nothing, you know. It was very hard, very, very difficult for a long time. And started to go to this physio who's a bit of a genius. And um, he actually said to me 12 months later, I wish I filmed you walking in here. You are unrecognisable to what you used to be. Because I walked in there hunched up nearly on a stick. And... Um, he just slowly started to do the smallest things that I'd never heard of. It wasn't just go home and stretch, but it, get me to use my diaphragm and get me to actually open muscles that hadn't activated for that mm -hmm. long and I was in full protection mode. Mm. And then there was a lady that I had a crack at some yoga with and she put me on a bolster and you're, you're a yoga instructor and practiced a lot. And I cried. I cracked. I felt a crack in my sternum and chest and whatever had gone bent out of shape i could breathe a bit better for the first time in years and i just cried and just mm. released mm. all this stuff and i just cried and cried and just that was it for the whole class was just to lie on that bolster and and cry um and obviously the mind still rejected a lot of things but i was like oh this is my way forward you know mm. i get a bit emotional thinking about this because that was kind of my way forward and realistically it took the next five years at least um, so that was 2015 at least the next five years of sort of delving in and out of yoga retreat and understanding self and body and some practices and learning a bit more about food never never had good food habits mm. minimizing alcohol but still drank for quite some time but only a bit here and there and like a big deep dive into emotional psychology as well and studying metaphysics studying neurolinguistics and probably always had an urge for many years prior of how to help people and i was in a bit of customer service stuff and i liked that but i had no idea what to do with any of that and i really didn't understand 
that there was a possibility of helping anyone else and I'm like you know all the ego couldn't do that what have I got to offer you need to be a psychologist and but yeah probably started to really delve into that from 2018 to 2021 22 and and do a lot of study a lot of learning and I've always been into that personal development stuff so that's been good lots of books and yeah the journey has taught me a lot too but I think that I still struggle with anyone whether they're going to do any work on themselves if they're not a interested or b get a kick in the ass to do it mm. yes yeah, a lot of people like they get to that last resort or last mm. straw and then they mm. might do something exactly yeah do you know what like here's a couple of like gold nuggets for you yeah uh for, for, for people listening um so with your dad he resented quite a lot of what had happened mm. if he was able to accept it mm. and then uh, see where life took him from there yeah then he may be still here would have been very beautiful i've painted the picture many times of he could have yeah he could have done a, many, a multitude of things he was extremely intelligent and you're 100 percent right not accepting a different version of identity mm. is yeah. what kills men especially yeah. rural men yep they cannot Literally last night you heard of the circle. I can't forgive her because, you know, so many years married and now he's not married, so he needs to reform a different identity mm. but not able to because I said, of course you can't. Well, you keep saying you can't. It's a neurological thing. And that's the issue for men is once we have a different, different version of moving forward than what we had painted, mm. we need to repaint. Yep, yeah. that's right. And that's what I had to do and I've... Super grateful now um, that I'm very adaptable and I still get lots of change. Maybe I actually like that, I don't know. I don't keep wanting it, but it just keeps happening mm. with where I live and the direction I'm heading. Mm. And I think you're, yeah, you're 100% right. If, if dad or any, any male, like another friend that's taken his life recently, if he had have accepted that that is, that is what's happened, now what do we create moving forward? That's right. Um, that's the defining moment. So we'll, we'll talk about that more in a tick. But the other one that come to me was when you're on the bolster, mm. you had to let go, yeah, right, and trust and, and accept it. Mm. Because what happened there? This is probably really interesting for people listening. Is you not only like like open your body up, but mm. the emotions that you had stuck and stored, oh. which were in your chest and your hips, mm. actually were able to come out, mm. and that's a secret. Yeah. That, that we don't understand no. most men don't actually identify with what's below the shoulders as them correct and they're not connected to that yeah, yeah, the yeah. biggest teacher is is here yeah but we've got to actually like get back to that yeah um and um yeah because you got to that point of surrendering and, and mm. accepting mm. and letting go yeah. that allowed you to open up and heal again yeah that's a, that's an art yeah the emotional attachment and gratification for your body is something I didn't have a clue about and I said it to a client this week is especially this person's been very um, successful in an athletic space and I said have you ever given your body gratitude no and they hadn't no I was the same yeah yeah yeah. for what it can do for what it's still doing and I don't think about it enough, but I actually do sometimes go into the space of pure gratitude for being able to walk because mm. that was so, so close to not being able <laughs> not to ever again mm. or, um, or function how I do. So that gratitude's in ter- I'm internally grateful for that because it could have looked very, very different. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I had years of pain, years of trauma, years of dealing with stuff definitely PTSD around deer and flying um, but the last couple of years I've actually gotten back into that as well and I've been flying again that was that was really big for me to face I didn't realize how big it was until some other people pointed it out how could you do that that's pretty amazing and I'm like well I didn't really think about it until I was mid-air flying along by myself um, and nearly had a panic attack mm. nearly like lost it because I was like the fuck am I doing you know like this is ridiculous what if this falls out of the sky and they don't most aircraft don't fall out of the sky either by the way but yeah yeah so you know but in that piece of just you know coming out of that destruction finding a new version of myself we'd we'd had another child in amongst that and we had all this business load and unfortunately my wife hadn't dealt with anything that had happened of nearly losing me 
through accident and then we got on a very very different page um, and unfortunately drifted apart and tried to fix that and it wasn't savable so we ended up divorced and that was just a, again another huge kick in the ass and another reshaping of identity now I'm not a family man now I'm not you know in my in my home with my kids now I'm not providing all these things that I thought that I had to do um, now my kids are um stirred up and emotional and confused and obviously co-parenting's probably been up there with one of the biggest challenges I've ever had because we've been on a very different page um I do my best to find gratitude and compassion for my ex and where she's at in her life but it is very difficult especially when you're trying to raise children with a different set of goals and different set of visions um so again you know like adapt change um grow learn and this is another thing that we talked about last night at the circle that i was so thankful that you were there to help run last night um especially in relationship we are i don't even know what you'd say like just so low iq so so uneducated we we really don't it's not a joke about oh we don't understand women they're too complicated no that's an absolute fact like we've got no clue what's going on and this is an area that's just coming really strong to try and understand to help others because it's probably up there on the top two or three things that destroy a man is like they don't realize they're even a part of it but she leaves and you know oh she left me well you might have done some stuff for the last 10 years or so that's caused that mm. but you don't even think you did because you got no idea what, what what we um uncovered last night with some of the guys here was to help them understand that they need to accept it mm. and if they can accept it and be grateful for that experience there's one guy that was 69 that was married for 45 years huge isn't it massive but, uh, very stuck in resentment <clears throat> very stuck in you know the financial uh, outcomes of it all but you know in saying that how much it's it's priceless to actually get your life back yeah and if he can come come to that acceptance and actually realize that he's been given a gift because he's probably still got 20 years or more mm. what's coming yeah. you know what what's possible what's coming mm. rather than be stuck in in it and it's hard because it's a long period of your life yeah but it, it'll actually take work on himself he'll yeah. need to put work in into himself to be able to move through it yeah and find that point of acceptance where he can start to 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 expand again absolutely some of the things that have occurred for me outside of my marriage um you know obviously there's been some negatives and i don't want to go into them but the positives just outweigh them mm. tenfold and more because there's a lot of things that i've done and that i wouldn't have done if i was still married yeah. because i had plenty of faults i was needy i was um demanding or deserving in my mind of of sexual gratification because i provided the income etc yeah, etc yeah. et and i wasn't anywhere near as good a parent as i am now i didn't understand um presence and time for my kids it was more of a oh, you just do as you're told and be seen and not heard the old school way now i'm like what do you need girls mm. like wh what can i do to be a better dad and yeah. i tear up to think about it because the first time i asked that question of my kids i was so scared of the answer mm. and the, you know what they said we just want to spend time and hang out dad mm. just blew me away that that was what was so important to mm. them and i'm like we are so easily fucking this up mm. because mm. we become about business and work and all these other things and our little ones all they want is us so do our partners yeah absolutely mm. the authenticity of us that's it mm. yeah they don't care about the shiny this that and the other and they just want the depth of who we are mm. and with our truth and our vulnerability in pieces of it you know i don't think we should be one million percent vulnerable and lay all our problems on our partner that's another thing i've learned you know i, I did do that mm. and then i believe now that we need a space for that external from other masculine mm. and yeah there were so many mistakes that i made and i i will own in my marriage and would not have changed if i went down the default of the next 30 years together and this is just what you do and i yeah. wouldn't have stopped drinking altogether because mm. i wanted that connection with my wife who drinks quite mm. commonly mm. and i wouldn't have done enough exercise because you're just in the comfort zone mm. 
um, daily ice baths, getting stronger, getting fitter, getting healthier, eating better. Mm. Like those are all things that are positive that came out of it. If men can understand that, that mm. you can define more of your individuality. If you've had to go through it, that's, that's unfortunate. But if you're still in a relationship, that is the ultimate, of course. Mm. And you want to be able to still do those things, but have the support and nurture and rebuild your marriage and be on an intentional path individually and together. Mm. Um, one of the learnings that I received was the best way I've seen it described is if you're coming into a relationship or, or in one as a C that needs another C to join, then it's going to explode at some point. Mm. You need to be two O's that come together as a whole. That's right. So yeah, yep. yeah this, this space of relationship, especially for men directly on, you know, I'm not here to speak for women, I think is something that is so pivotal and mm. so important. It is unbelievable. Well, that's very timely again because we're both in new relationships. Yeah. And um, we've both done a lot of work on ourselves. Yep. Um, and we've both got really beautiful partners, which yeah. we're very aligned with. You yep. know, they're, 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 they're just the same as us. Mm. We do the same things and, yep. you know, we've got the same interests and all yep. that, which I think is really important. Mm. Um, but there is still quite often the self-doubt and that that will come in. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and that and, you know, the worthiness and, and that's that's understandable. That's there to protect us. But I find if I get fatigued, that that amplifies a lot. Mm. You know, over the last couple of days, I haven't slept real well and last night mm. I did, yeah. but uh, I feel better. But um, I know when, when, when I'm fatigued, that, that'll happen and that self-doubt and that self-criticism goes into your communication with your partner. Yeah. And then um, that can, you know, that can shift things. Yeah. But... I think we're at the point now where we can discuss how we're feeling with them and they like that. That's what I was going mm. to suggest too is I've had that same thing and being able to communicate effectively but also be understood mm. what you're communicating is a big piece of communication. Um, it can nip that in the butt because mm. you sort of, you start to create a picture of what the other person's thinking and feeling. That's right. Which is pure rubbish. Yeah, it's wrong. It's just rubbish. Yeah, I know, but yeah. we, we, we thought we knew. Yep, yep yeah, yeah. We climbed a mountain together in silence because each of us thought the other person had something that they had that was up. Mm. And we eventually chatted at the top of the mountain and realised, no, it wasn't the case at all. What, that's just what we had thought the other person mm. was. And then we just went into silent mode and it was good to witness just a piece of that and then communicate it because it's, you know, we go into these, we go into settings a lot. I mm. want, want to talk to men about this, about understanding what default pattern they go into, whether they stonewall which is sort of hiding or sulking or whether they flood and try and fix it immediately or all these things that are Gottman mm. tools and mm. wow if we could just understand some of these before we enter a relationship yep. and what's going to trigger us so that we can deal with it as it comes up and not just run away from it that's right because it's all the learning right it's presenting for us to deal with or suppress it and it's going to keep presenting that's what happens yeah and and and, and like let's use the example before of your yoga bolster experience, you'd get you'd get um, a situation which you you saw in your body from mm. from a comment or a, mm. you know something that happens, and that gets suppressed and pushed down. Mm. But if you can, uh, you know, release that early, yeah, through physical movement or talking to your partner first and foremost, mm. or talking to other guys at a men's circle about it yeah. to to get it out of your system, yeah, then it won't stay there. Yeah. That that's a real secret because we've just been taught to take it on, take it on. Yeah. Um, but it up. now I can talk to my partner straight away mm. if something doesn't like fit. Yeah. Uh, which is really great. It's yeah. really really beautiful. Yeah, I think the weight that we place upon ourselves because of the bullshit that we tell ourselves mm. is the biggest thing that causes the illness and dis disease, like the absence of ease in the body. Yeah. Um, because I still do it and I have to be super conscious of telling myself better things because the, the record plays, whether we want it to or not, it is on autopilot. Mm. So we have to interject and put a different cassette in or people <laughs> maybe a CD or USB this day. <laughs> yeah. But we gotta, we gotta change it. And this is the thing about so much mental health stems from the negative or nasty stories that we're telling ourselves, And if, 
if we talked to our friends and loved ones like that, we'd be pretty lonely. Mm. So Absolutely. Well, yeah. that, that, that was probably a problem for me and you. Yeah. We couldn't talk to family people about stuff. No. And you didn't have, like, um, other relationships in your life that you, you could be vulnerable. Exactly. Um, like your mates, you wouldn't talk to them about it because they'd label you pretty quickly. Um, but now having the... Um, the environments that we've created yeah. through men actually talking about stuff at a level which is transformational yeah. rather than, you know, mask through beers or whatever yeah. um, is very, very needed and really, really powerful. It's pretty beautiful what you have witnessed, no doubt, and then what I do as well with some group stuff and retreats and stuff with men, especially intentionally there without alcohol, it becomes a whole different ball game, mm. and um, it's it's very special to see that depth of vulnerability and the amount of um, the amount of release that comes through that, and just people understanding that someone may share their story, mm. and um, yeah, we need we need lots more of it. And as as we know, you know, the big issues with men are still existing, and as exacerbated lately with with taking their life and. Um, lots of men in pain causing other people pain because of being in pain too mm. so do you know what though like it's like when that happens and you have that release you're actually like you're, you're emotionally fit right yeah um, it's like going to the gym and you find yourself where you're fit yeah but unless you maintain it it goes away maintenance let's talk about that because <laughs> um, you know as we sort of mentioned at the start do we need to destroy something and blow up before we do anything about it. Mm. We, we don't really do that generally with machinery and cars and our tools, we maintain them. However, in our modern world of, of mindset, mental health, whatever you want to call it, we just let it all go to shit. Mm. Totally let it go to shit and it's mm. not, I'm good with my mental health, I'm fine, rah, rah. Next thing, you know, there's a story that you've tried to harm someone or yourself and it's like, oh, I thought you were good. And we punish people yeah. for that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mm. But if we had maintenance, whatever that looks like, many tools that you know and I know about daily things or even going to events or getting around community or circles or anything, maybe that could lessen and hopefully go away. But, yeah, lessen for sure. Yep, yep. yeah, my word. Well, you think about Australia, like, as I said, colonised and all that, but over the last 100 years we've had a couple of world wars. Mm. There's been a lot of trauma that have gone into people's lives and families. Yeah. And it's just shut down and it's suppressed, you know, and and the pub sorted that out until 6 o'clock and then it became 10 o'clock and then it became after midnight and then it was just free-for-all. Yeah. So it's been a great way to keep people, you know, unconscious and controlled. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's the way I see it, unfortunately, with, with some empathy yeah. and some compassion because I know we could be living so much more healthier, wiser, connected lives if we didn't have those poor influences in our lives, you know, yeah. being pushed down our throats. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well, we've denied, unfortunately, by default, our connection to spirit and our ability to self-soothe, um, self-medicate. And, yeah, we've denied the fact that we've basically got all the answers within us and we're mm. always seeking external and then somehow through society and environment all the things that are good for us as you know have been labeled as crazy or hippie or silly or mm. i'd never do that or i'd yeah. never you know people i run a men's retreat other other men that are too scared which is literally what they are and i want to put that out there like mm. come and do this work it's courageous so mm. do it mm. be a man and do it <laughs> yeah um but people go, oh, I'd never do that shit. That's hippie and that's mm. not for me and mm. rah, rah. Like, mm. that's because you're scared, buddy. Mm. Come along and give it a go. Yeah, that's show right. You, show you cu- courage, yeah. I call it the red zone. They're, they're stuck in the red zone. Like, mm. we all get, if we're not careful, shame, yeah. fear, guilt, apathy, mm. you know, yeah. greed, desire. Yeah. Um, but if you lie on the bolster, like you said, and mm. let that go, it's amazing how curious you'll become and then you might start to open up. Yeah, absolutely. That's mm. for sure. Powerful stuff, mate. That's, um, yeah, I know all this can hopefully, if it opens up a spark for one person, then they can start on a little bit of their journey or give something a go that's unfamiliar. And that's the other thing that is why people stay in that red zone because, like, um, our our mind keeps us in those familiar zones, even if they're not good for us. Yeah. Because anything outside of that, we immediately associate with fear and Mm. all that too. And we think that it's... um, going to harm us from an old school model of you know hardwiring of protection mm. 
which, yeah, sometimes you've got to step into that fearful or uncomfortable zone, I should say. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So what have been some of the major things that have happened to you over the last 12 months, which has taken you on a pathway for your own, own well-being? Making a choice to uh, be really intentional by having zero alcohol for last year. And I did have some at, uh, had a go at Christmas, had a couple of beers and it was a good experiment actually because I wasn't doing it for anyone else. So I didn't make 365 days, I did 360, but that wasn't the purpose. Uh, the experiment of having a couple was really quite good because it showed me I don't need this whatsoever. I don't need to do it anymore for to please anybody or to connect. Um, it still was quite enjoyable to have a beer, but it did make me and leave me feeling um, a little bit lower, a little bit lethargic, a little bit on a lower vibration. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I've decided to just have none intentionally this year unless I feel like it. If I want to have a beer, I'm going to have one. But that was a big turning point for my health. Um, probably dropped a few kilos and then, you know, became really intentional on better food and certainly not perfect. I don't think there's such thing anyway. I think balance is needed and we need some ice cream, <laughs> as, as Tilly says. And a bit, bit of ice cream goes a long way as, as well. But also practices like which I could be more consistent, but gym, yoga and ice, probably those three, mm -hmm. and ocean swims, because I live near the ocean, which is itself healing, um, and just creating an environment of people who are on that sort of similar like-minded journey, and then trying to do my best to um, always see that I'm part of every problem that arises, which I've done for a while, but... Oh, it can be hard. We mm. can get very easy into the blame and victim. And, you know, I've had some challenges with my kids and co-parenting. And I do find that very, very hard, if I'm honest on this, about not being right, mm. you know. And that it should be my way and I'm, I'm always right. And holy, like as a male that wants to protect, wants to support and lead, that is really, really hard to let go of the mm. I'm right, even mm. if... Even if you are, it doesn't mean you should take that persona only. Um, I do aim to do the work on that so I can let go. And at the moment, I have let go of what it should look like with my children or how it should look. And I was fighting and resisting and trying to make it look a certain way. And I still do in my heart believe that that's better, but I've had to let go. Mm. And that's really challenging to go, okay, you win. Acceptance. Do it your way. Yeah. And, um, but you know, there's always positives. Like, mm. I get more time to myself at the moment. I get to be able to define what I'm creating within my business and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, those few things have been really pivotal in my mindset, my health, um, becoming someone that I'd want to hang around. You know, I said to a couple of people that have been through a relationship breakup, would you date you right now? Mm. No. Mm. Mm. They're like, no. I'm like, well, why are you cranky that she's left? How, how could you be cranky with it? Mm. Because do you love you? Are you actually happy with you? Mm. So go fucking do something that makes you happy with you. Mm. Mm. Go change what you're doing with yourself. You're 120 kilos. No offense, but is that something that you want to model? Mm. Like seriously, mm. especially if you've got kids. Mm. And that's been a real big motivator. And I still don't get it all right. But mm. Mm. I want to be someone my children look up to. And it might take 10, 20 years, but they go, you know what? Dad was, um, dad was calm. Dad was content. Dad mm. sat on the floor with us and said, hey, what's going on in your life? Mm. How can I be here for you? What mm. is it that you want? Mm -hmm. And like I say, I still make mistakes, but modeling is um, exactly the age that my eldest daughter's at in the modeling period. Mm. And there's still things that I would love to change with how she is. But if I model um, a good relationship with myself, a good relationship with others, especially no drinking, I know that they notice that. They said at mm. Christmas, when I had a beer, my eldest daughter got upset. She literally said, and she sulked. And I said, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. She wouldn't. I said, you know, it's safe to tell me anything. And she said, Dad, I'm a bit worried because you had a few drinks. And I said, oh, have I given you reason to worry? And she said, no, but mum does. Mm. Okay. So it was the immediate realisation of, like, I don't need to do that shit around her, mm. like, at all. Yep. 
there's no benefit because she's been uh, she's been put into fear by other people's behaviour that aren't yours. Yep, and she's she's associated with you. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it was a big learning for me as well. Um, and yeah, moving forward with my business side of things, like last year, that got out of balance, and it's really hard I find to juggle every piece of life. And I had beautiful time with the kids and lots of self-reflection and had this beautiful journey of travel and bits and pieces. Mm. Didn't make any income, you know. Mm, I know. Yeah. So yeah. I'm working on that and I'm creating this year and I've got some amazing support and likes of yourself that's going to um, create and push a few things together. And uh, I've got a few retreats going on and like a mindset adventure camp with a helicopter as well as some connection weekends so it's all it's all coming together it just takes some work yeah that's so, right yeah it's beautiful. it does it's not easy and um yeah we're doing something which is abnormal yeah. prevention work yeah you know and, and the whole 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 game is crisis so if something's wrong you go into you know these medications or you go into you know the the clinical system or whatever mm, oh, mm. i don't want that to happen to people because we've got the power to, to, to shift ourselves and we're given the guidance and the tools Totally. That's actually what we're building right now is a sort of um, online package that's monthly based with a set of tools, some videos and some live interaction, kind of like a bit like a circle, but yeah, more more tools based that is literally a mindset maintenance program. So mm. it's going to be ready when it's going to be ready. I said it was going to be February and we're already in February. You're forcing and it if you... you yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be ready when it's supposed to. And... Um, this is something will be affordable and especially people in the bush who are remote can get onto all online, which is not my preferred method, but that's that's the world we live in. Mm. Um, so we can get together and share and create and use some tools for maintenance because that's mm. I'm an ex-mechanic and if I don't service my car, how could I expect it to keep going, you know? Mm. I'm fanatical with keeping things neat and tidy. Um, Otherwise, they're going to let you down. Yep. And that's what our body and our mind does. Yep, big yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, but we've been disconnected from that. Very much, you know? yeah. 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 Or we think yeah. she'll be right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that for years. Ah, We'll deal with that later. I was the same and most blokes are the same. Very much, you know? hey. Look at all the guys we've had. I reckon I've experienced oh, maybe a couple of thousand over the last few years yeah. that come to the circles and that. Yeah. But very much the stories are still the same. Exactly yeah, they are, yeah. yeah very yeah. much. Same theme of um, topic or area of life and the same sorts of struggles that go on. And this is why it's so powerful because I actually think that two men, men experience that, we've been so closed mm. that we think nobody could ever share this problem. That's nobody right. Nobody could ever understand you don't get it. Nobody in the world, no, not only in the planet. Yeah. Yet I see men come and chair and then someone will go, are you serious? <laughs> you too? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, right. Yeah, mate, that's I what I've been through. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Well, look at last night, three guys with long-term marriages, maybe four, um, that, that, are, that are ending now. You know? and, and out of that, the power is one younger lad, wasn't last night, but he's been other times, who was like literally bowing to those older gentlemen saying, thank you mm. for showing me what to not do. Yeah. He's already actually working on a program with his wife. He's been to a retreat of mine. And he's like, you know what? You guys are actually my inspiration, thank you, of what to not do. <laughs> That's right, because he'll, he'll be the seven-year-old bloke before he knows it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. He's in his 30s, came to me knowing that he actually said the words that my relationship's okay, it's not that bad, but I know it can go two ways if I don't do something about myself. Mm. And he's since cut back and stopped drinking and he's mm. working on his personal development, he's getting in the ice and, yeah, mm. it's and learning and reading and mm, it's powerful stuff yeah he's uh he's been proactive rather Very than re reactive yeah we've been we've, this let's be honest the whole society is reactive yeah if we can much. flip that around it's going to take work from people like you and i to do it yeah to make that normal yeah you know because the other way is the norm and it's not not working nobody likes the maintenance you know that's why a house gets run down vehicle does go overdue on its service but if we've got any common sense, we know it's so important. Mm. And if you can't do it, find somebody else that can do that maintenance for you. And same with mindset and all those things. Like, it is a very internal, and sometimes I question how much it's individual. But if you can grab someone's guidance to put their arm around your shoulder and say, hey, I, I 
could suggest this or that, that's going to help as well. Should do. Yeah. Absolutely. Mate, how can people um, look at your work and get hold of you? Um, thank you for asking. I really appreciate that because <laughs> I probably don't push myself enough in that space. And I feel like the power is in word of mouth, like this sort of thing. I don't like online and social media, but that's, that's again, where we're at. And I've got um, a website called mindrenovate.com.au with a V8 in it. And um, we've just tweaked the name because of some legal stuff. So we're calling it Mindset Renovate. Um, but it's, it's going to come up everywhere on Google or Facebook or Instagram as Mind Renovate. Um, and I'd like to share why, because, you know, I grew up with a very practical rural farming family and we'd, we'd spend a lot of money on renovating our country so jamming a plough in the ground or knocking trees over hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. buying um, the right tool the right buggy the right truck again many many thousands and you know I, I i have done a lot of my own personal development and i do stuff from literally 160 dollars to 10 grand mm. yet people freak out and go oh even 160 bucks that's a lot of money mm. and it's like yeah it might be but what's it going to save you so basically the, that that came to me about our mind needs to be renovated yeah. you know jam a chisel and a hammer in there and chip out the crap we don't need Shit, yeah. Yeah. um so those are the those are the sort of the channels and look i'm super contactable on on anything through there with phone and email and stuff and i work one-on-one through eight to 12 week programs and then this mindset maintenance program and retreats and events and workshops because I think in person's just irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah. that's why I was trying to do the men's circles all around the place because yeah. they're, they're, they're good. But what you said there, like, you know, I, I had that realisation maybe 12 years ago. I was already on a, a growth journey, but there's mm. a few things that needed tweaking. Yeah. For me to get someone to coach me, yeah. it was going to cost me three or 4000 back then. Yeah. Uh, but that was the fine-tuning that I needed. Yeah. But for me to make that commitment, mm. once I'd made the commitment, whether it's $160 That's or whatever, right. you commit, then you actually, like, you're, you're curious and you open yourself up. Yep. And once that blockage is out of the road, yep. that's where you can start to learn and yeah. grow, right? Because, yeah, we just we don't know everything. We think we do, but we actually don't. Yeah. So it's opening yourself up to that. The coach I'm just invested in at the moment, 500 bucks an hour. Mm. And I was freaking out. Mm. And uh, initially, six months ago, and now I'm just like, I just paid and just said, let's get into it because mm. I'm stuck with mm. a couple of things. And I've I've sat there on the fence, as we do, going, no, 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 I can't do it, it's too dear, mm. blah, blah, blah. But it's only realistically that we don't want to face and do the work. Yeah, It's not the money, it's nothing, you know, we can find it, we can sell something. Um, you know, one person's recently that's got all these things going on and no money, not even a hundred bucks. Mm. What have you got to sell? What can you get rid of? You've, mm. you've got three cars. Yeah. Like, I know that's a bit bigger deal, but you've got some stuff in the shed. What can you do to flip that perspective mm. and then um, then focus on the things that are going to actually accelerate you to make more money? Get rid of the attachments. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. things that are just sitting there that you can move, move yeah. on. Yeah. 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 But also where to find us, like I'm based in the Bundaberg area. Um, I love the bush, but I'm a bit restricted with my children getting away enough but i'd love to run some actual retreats in regional areas mm. but we do run uh, at least one major men's retreat which is in april in bundaberg area and then yeah ongoing i'd like to get some more going in rockhampton and roma and mm. toowoomba and um and each fortnight in bundaberg consistently we have a men's circle that's free mm. and there's some amazing power in that and aaron mm. runs some you can sort of share where yours are already um, mm. happening because people need to get to them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, there's a couple in Victoria starting soon and Horsham Ballarat, but there's um, Toowoomba and there's Roma and there's um, Tenham Sands, Gladstone, Agnes Water, Captain Creek. Emerald coming up soon. Emerald, yep. yeah. Yeah, obviously you lined up with this Bundaberg one with you, which, yeah. I, which will continue to grow. Bloody oath. Um, so every regional community needs one of these. So but good. you know what's really hard is to try and get the support from yeah. the councils. So oh. I'll go to council and say, can you help us out? They don't yep. even listen. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But they're happy to spend money and put up a sausage sizzle that yeah. just talks about it. <laughs> That's right. Instead of doing something proactive, yeah. as we were saying, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's to, shocking. It's to, it's, it's to like, look, look good, mm. but... 
that's bullshit. Yeah. You know, let's 100%. actually do something which is like concrete and, yeah. and makes a difference. Yeah. And you're not just trying to meet a compliance issue. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. That's where we're falling down in society. You know, yeah. people are like are so governed by their rules, yeah. not governed by their heart. Yeah. Um, what can actually make a difference? Yeah, well, as you are with self-funding, you know, like I self-fund the men's circles. We've got to hire the space and I put on a cup of tea and things and it's not a lot of money. It's still, it's still a consideration because hours and hours of time as well mm. so yeah. yeah and this is the thing yeah absolutely I think we can help with that yeah, we help with yeah. That. that's what we need to, to we'll do so i'll help yeah. you with that that's no problem thanks mate you know, so. yeah but pleasure mate um very much i hope you've uh you got to the end of this and listened in and you'd like to reach out you know um to leon and uh you know reach out to me if you can't get him but um this is a guy that um, has done the work and he's had the lived experience, which can really help you. So um, whether it's you or someone you know, that's what you need. Um, you know, if you're really looking at making a shift and that's um, something we're going to make the norm, you know, to actually step into that space and wonder what's possible because, um, you know, life can be really wonderful if we, uh, we get a pathway cleared for us and, uh, you know, having people like Leon and that in the world um you know it needs to be more accessible for more people so um so yeah absolutely um you know really appreciate your time mate i think there's a lot of wisdom in this and we'll, we'll do more again yeah. we didn't talk about obviously we've both had the non-drinking thing and uh, that's you know, another podcast in itself too but um um yeah really uh, grateful and i really hope people uh, listening can reach out and maybe share this podcast with others yeah thanks mate thank you so much